You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets and on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Locked On Hornets. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson NBA, and Nada Edwards at Nada the Scribe. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Visit LockedOnSports.com to check out all of our podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. Going solo once again today, Doug and Nada busy doing other things, so it's just me on the pod. Look for them to join me once again on Friday. Then remember, next week we'll debut our 30 Hornets of all time, our top 30 Hornets of all time, and the top 30 Charlotte beers of all time. So I'll take care of the Hornets list. Doug's bringing the beer, Nada's bringing the criticism. It'll be a fun couple of months ahead for the podcast as we go down each of those lists. It'll be a good show today as well. We'll get to some more workouts that'll be hosted for the Charlotte Hornets, Steve Kyler, Basketball Insiders. He has a quote on Twitter, says the Hornets are high on a certain player along with the Knicks. And as I sometimes do, we'll go down memory lane and look at the history of what the 11th overall pick brings to this table. So we'll look back at some of the success stories that have come with that pick and some of the not-so-successful stories. First, I want to start with some news we got on Monday, but it was an omission on my part, and I apologize. That should have been mentioned. Uh, congratulations are in order to Chris Kroger. Uh, Chris Kroger was the sideline reporter for the Charlotte Hornets the past few seasons in radio, but was promoted Monday to be the new radio play-by-play announcer for the franchise. You can tell how excited he is. You hear the passion. You hear the genuine disbelief, really, in it. It's uh, calling it unbelievable a couple of times. Certainly a dream of his. Uh, certainly a dream of a lot of people who get into this business, and you can help. You can't help but be happy for a guy I've only heard good things about. So Chris Kroger will be your new voice of the Charlotte Hornets via the radio, taking over for the great Steve Martin, who held the job for 30 years, including the entirety of this franchise's history. He moved to New Orleans for a few seasons when the Hornets relocated, uh, but moved back when the Bobcats came about. So the torch has been passed to Chris Kroger after 30 years of Steve Martin. It'll be pretty cool to listen to Chris Kroger now on the broadcast whenever you tune into a Charlotte Hornets game. So again, really cool for him. Pete Gwilly giving him a jersey. It was awesome. Just just awesome to see, again, the genuine joy on his face with the Hornets being excited to finally get a guy after a couple of weeks of, of uh, holding that secret, I guess, for Chris Kroger, finally excited to let that news out of the bag. So if you pay attention to the Carolina Panthers at all, interesting to see some of the Charlotte Hornets out there today for Panthers OTAs. James Borrego out there, Ron Rivera, and he took a picture together. You saw MKG on the jugs machine trying to catch it from what seems like about, I don't know, five, ten yards out. Doesn't seem like very far a distance away from the jugs machine, but that thing is coming out hot, and MKG... Catching a couple of them looks pretty hard, and I saw Jordan Rodriguez and other people who cover the Carolina Panthers talking about MKG over there at the Jugs Machine, and they were over towards the wide receivers in that part of the team, and the wide receivers were a little scared of MKG with the setting that it was on. They used that setting during practice, and MKG, the competitor, always, of course, anybody, I would think, wants to do it at the NFL level, so he had that Jugs Machine well, throwing that football, coming out hot, so MKG was over there uh, with the Panthers during their OTAs. And you saw Malik Monk out there as well. If we had the news update button, I would play that one. But we don't have Doug today. So Doug, 
the guy that helps produce this show to be the fine pod that it is. We do not have that soundbite because no Doug, so we can't play it. But we do have some Malik Monk breaking news. Malik Monk was out there at Panthers OTAs. I can't give you anything else. All I did was see him in a picture alongside James Borrego out there on the fields. That's all I saw. So I know Malik Monk is out there getting work in. You see Pete Gwilly tweeting about Malik Monk's player development, as that seems to be the theme of the Charlotte Hornets this season. And also you see him getting some work in on the Carolina Panthers practice field and during OTA. So pretty cool to see the Charlotte Hornets out there. You saw Steve Clifford and Ron Rivera a couple of times hanging out on the practice field as Steve Clifford would sometimes go out there and hang out with Ron Rivera. So James Borrego doing the same thing that Steve Clifford did as soon as uh, he comes here to Charlotte, basically within just one month of having the job already. Building his network all around here in Charlotte. If you like what we're doing here, speaking of Panthers, make sure you are checking out what else the Locked On Podcast Network has to offer, including Locked On Panthers. Host Bill Rossetti is getting you ready for the preseason and all the other news and analysis from Charlotte to Spartanburg. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Panthers. We're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering the biggest local stories in every single market. We'll take a quick break, come back with some of the history tied to the 11th overall pick. It's Locked On Hornets. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but... Is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night they didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on lockedonhornets.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Walker Mail here with you today. No Doug Branson. No Nada Edwards. Again, busy today, but they will be back on Friday. And then again, we will debut the top 30 Charlotte Hornets of all time next week. And we'll debut the top Charlotte beers of all time next week. Doug, again, taking care of the beer. I'm taking care of all the Charlotte Hornets. We'll start at 30. We won't start from number one, so we'll keep you in the suspense. We'll start from 30 and work our way backwards. And I'm already struggling, to be honest with you guys, trying to figure out who I can put in the top 30 because there's just some sentimental favorites. I'm trying to figure out how to be objective, how to be sentimental, just basically try to work every single angle I can to have the best possible list. And I thought this was going to be, and it still is, a lot of fun. I thought it was going to be a lot easier than it actually is, but I'm trying to fit in a lot of guys. I won't give you many players. I'm not going to say any names so I don't ruin anything, but there are some obscure fan favorites, I would believe. Maybe just my own favorite. Maybe I'm delusional, but I'm trying to get in that top 30 because if you give somebody honorable mention, it's just kind of a participation award. Like You don't even want it. It's something you throw away in the trash. I don't want to give an award to one of these Hornets players to just throw in the trash, so I have to really think about what guy I want to be in the top 30, which people I have to leave out. I apologize to any of those I offend because I'm sure they're listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast every single day. So if you're listening out there, some of the great <laughs> some of the greats who played for the city, I apologize, but it's going to be tough to try to fit every single person in the top 30. Actually, a little bit harder of a list than I thought would be. Again, thanks for joining us on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We'll move on now to the history of the 11th overall pick, which is what the Charlotte Hornets ping pong ball landed on again this year, not getting a higher pick from what their odds were slotted in the draft coming in. Again, since the Bobcats era came about, the era, I should say, since the Bobcats era came about, there has not been a pick 
that has been made higher than what they were originally slotted to draft anyway. So if the odds had them at 11, they were going to pick at 11 or a couple of spots behind. They have not beaten the odds at all since the Bobcats have come about again in that first draft in 2004. So the lottery gods, as we've already talked about a couple of episodes ago, have not been kind to the Charlotte Hornets. So again, not kind this season, but they do have the number 11th overall pick. And a lot of success has come from the 11th overall pick. 10 All-Stars, you look at probably about 20% of these guys do become an All-Star. So 1 in 5 chance, not too bad under a new regime. Maybe you didn't trust Rich Cho to do it, but maybe you trust Mitch Kupchak. And we talked about his talent evaluation. He's able to hit on the last guys. We've seen Andrew Bynum be the one pick that he made with the Los Angeles Lakers in this area. He was drafted number 10 overall, so just one spot ahead. And Andrew Bynum early on, I think still the youngest player ever to be drafted within the NBA draft was a guy that actually saw a couple of all NBA selections. So if you drafted him at that kind of spot, gives you reason to hope. You've seen some of the young talent that Mitch Kupchak was able to accumulate there in L.A. that's still playing there before he got fired. So I think talent evaluation-wise, you feel good about Mitch Kupchak and the 11th overall pick. It does have some success stories. You didn't get it a lot last season with Malik Monk, but you're not giving up on him. It's a guy that still has plenty of room to grow. C.J. McCollum, a smaller two-guard in the league. It's a guy that really blossomed really in his third season in the NBA. So you can look at the maybe, hopefully, the same kind of thing with Malik Monk. just maybe takes a couple of years. Malik Monk can possibly be that guy. But if you're looking for a more immediate impact this season and maybe just an all-star down the road, of course, like we'd all want, there's some players that come to mind. 11th overall, you can look at some of the current players that were drafted in that slot. Klay Thompson, probably the best currently playing in the NBA. Klay Thompson, an all-NBA type player, of course, playing with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant, so it's tough to really showcase his talent and just focus on that one individual, but probably a guy, I think Steven Jackson, if I'm not mistaken, talked about Klay Thompson being the number one option, the number two option on any other team in the NBA, basically, which it's hard to argue with. The guy's been amazing. He's a two-way player. So Clay Thompson, a guy that comes to mind. Miles Turner, somebody that the Charlotte Hornets could have drafted, but instead they drafted Frank Kaminsky. Miles Turner goes at number 11. Devin Booker goes at 13. So Miles Turner, the number 11 overall pick. Uh, he was also a guy slotted in that spot, which I think anybody would be happy with him, a young guy who possibly has some all-star potential, certainly a young promising player in this league. He's another guy that was drafted number 11 overall. I mentioned the 10 All-Stars. I've got that list in front of me. So the 10 All-Stars that have been drafted, number 11 overall. I already included Clay Thompson. So with nine more to go, you have Curtis Rowe, Jamal Wilkes with the weird jump shot, if you remember, if you're NBA historian and remember the weird jump shot that he brought to the table. Kiki Vandaway, number 11 overall, Fat Lever. Kevin Willis, the longtime Atlanta Hawk, I think got a championship with the Spurs as well. My boy, Reggie Miller, former Indiana great. Tyrone Hill. Terrell Brandon, I remember on the Sports Illustrated cover one time, Terrell Brandon being called the NBA's best point guard. Love Terrell Brandon. And Allen Houston, who, despite the big contract that was one of the worst contracts ever signed to, Allen Houston still an all-star player that was drafted number 11. So some of the, those are some of the guys that were drafted with that pick. And some current guys that I mentioned, Clay Thompson, Miles Turner being drafted at number 11 or overall, J.J. Redick, Jared Bayless, Michael Carter-Williams, who try not to cringe, Doug McDermott, and DeMontis Bonus, all those guys drafted number 11 overall. So, you know, you've seen some good success here. And I think maybe pretty much the point this illustrates, despite just having some fun looking overall and, and how, what that 11th overall pick has brought, I think what it, it puts you still in a decent spot. And again, I, I mentioned this before, I like the pool of players that are here available. 
and we'll get to this on the other side of the break, but there's this one guy in particular we'll get to that Steve Kyler mentions that Charlotte is high on as long as uh, alongside the New York Knicks, and they're high on this guy as well. But again, I, I think there's a nice pool of players if you stay home. I, I know a lot of you have asked me about trading back. I know some of you about has asked me, you know, we've, we've flirted with the idea of, of trading forward, of trading up in the draft, maybe with Steve Clifford there in Orlando trying to reunite Kimba Walker and Steve Clifford alongside one of these other contracts. I get it. I guess if you don't move back for some more picks or you don't move up to try to get a better pick, I, I think staying at 11 is fine for me. I, I think you'd have to be just fine with it, with the pool of guys there. We've talked about Mikhail Bridges, my favorite. Doug is in love with Lonnie Walker. Um, I know not a like Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He thinks he might just be the first point guard selected instead of Trey Young, even higher than him, higher than all the other point guards, Colin Sexton, who could be a Charlotte Hornet himself. There's just a lot of good pool of players here that I do like for the Charlotte Hornets. So I think you're going to be okay if they do stick around at number 11, and we'll see who they take. But again, there's a couple of good guys. Just a real quick, if you want to look at the overall history of the 55th overall pick that the Hornets do get in this draft as well, they get that 55th overall pick from the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously not as talented as what you get with the number 11, but still some guys that even have come played uh, have come to play recently. Jeremy Evans was a dunk contest winner. You know Patty Mills, who was a free agent a couple of years ago, but signed back with the Spurs, has great development under Greg Popovich, and you look under James Borrego. So Patty Mills being the 55th overall pick. Ryan Bowen, Kenny Gaddison. Kenny Gaddison, a guy that everybody should remember, might be in that top 30. You'll have to find out next week. Jerry Eves, Mark Ivrioni, and uh, each one more. Each one more guy that you might have heard of playing with the Pelicans, having a decent year, former Purdue Boilermaker. So, uh, you know, some guys out there at, at number 55. Last year it was Nigel Williams-Goss. Two years ago it was Marcus Page. Of course, a guy that plays with the G League most of his time here with the Charlotte organization, signed a two-way contract and saw, I guess, somewhat up here with the Charlotte Hornets when they were... Uh, a little bit of short man. So you've seen some guys drafted at 55th overall. Look, it, it's not it's not an ideal spot to pick in when the second round, and it's not as good as even 15 spots ahead like you do with uh, Dwayne Bacon last season, who looks like it's a second-round pick that can really stick around. But when you've seen Mitch Kupchak have those late picks, not maybe that late, but 27, getting even a little bit deeper into the second round, that I think that's probably the most impressive thing that you get from Kupchak, a guy who was able to find people, find players that stuck around with an organization that had a role on a championship team in 2009 and 2010. It was Sasha Vujicic being drafted later, Ronnie Turioff being drafted later, Robert Sacre actually making the roster as a deep second round pick. You know, he's finding guys that find a way to stay on a roster for a while that none of them wow you. But these are second-round picks. These guys don't even make the roster in a lot of situations. And Mitch Kupchak able to pin these guys as role players, guys who are able to come in and contribute for a franchise. So not that you have to hold in on it a whole lot, but maybe just a little bit of a reason for some optimism heading into this draft once you get to the second round. Maybe you don't go to bed once that second round hits and you pay attention who they get with the 55th overall pick. We'll take one more timeout. We'll get back to some more workouts of the Charlotte Hornets. Well, maybe not host, but they're going to travel to one. A guy hosting one, and the Charlotte Hornets will attend it. And Steve Kyler says they're high on this particular prospect. So stick around after the break. We'll be back in just one moment. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranaga and James Borrego. Should get the first two. name right. <laughs> yeah, this, well... 
<laughs> Maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay, too. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's Walker Mail on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks for sticking around. Again, no Doug Branson, no not Edwards. So thank you for sticking with me going solo today. Again, they'll be back on Friday and the next week. We'll have a fun show again. Two months of the best Charlotte Hornets of all time, the 30 best and the best 30 uh, Charlotte Bears of all time. So again, we'll focus a little bit more on the NBA draft and we'll continue that, of course, up until the June 21st draft where the first round will set will be set to go underway with the Hornets picking at number 11 overall. So the Hornets doing their due diligence with the head coaching search and also doing their due diligence, working out all of the potential prospects that just might be there at number 11 overall. Trey Young not involved in any of these workouts, by the way, in case you're wondering, I saw a tweet out there yesterday that he only had four planned workouts and they're all pretty much higher than what the Charlotte Hornets would be picking. So it doesn't look like not that it would have anyway, but it doesn't look like Trey Young would be falling to number 11 um, for the Charlotte Hornets to even work out and possibly even do their due diligence in that regard and, and look at Trey Young. It looks like he's already going to be off the board, and you would think maybe they do that if there is a trade to go up somehow, which would be unlikely but possible if they were able to trade up. Maybe that would be something where they were able to reach out to Trey and try to get a workout scheduled. But again, Trey Young, a guy that has already have, uh, has already had his workout schedule Made up, so it doesn't look like the Hornets are on that list. But the Orlando Magic are, and among the other guys working out with Trey Young for the Orlando Magic, are Anthony Simons and Kevin Knox. And Kevin Knox, when you look at Kevin, it's a guy that we've talked about possibly being there at number 11 overall for the Charlotte Hornets. So in response to a tweet, Steve Kyler also mentioned that he's tell he doesn't think that the Ke- uh, Kevin Knox will fall beyond 11. He's saying... It seems that the Knicks and the Hornets are very high on Kevin Knox. So there you go. Take that for what it's worth. Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders mentioning that the Charlotte Hornets, from what he's hearing, are high on Kevin Knox being there possibly at number 11. And Steve doesn't think he'll he'll, uh, go past number 11, that if he is indeed there, the Charlotte Hornets will probably snag him up unless there's another unlikely probably prospect there at number 11 that the Hornets would pick otherwise. So again, Steve Kyler mentioned that Kevin Knox just might be the guy. And we've done a little bit of an evaluation on him before. You know, there's some stuff to like with his stats in the one year that he put up with Kentucky. And, and it was a guy that thought you maybe would go to North Carolina, but would eventually select Kentucky. And he was the big prospect going over to play with the Wildcats. Averaged 15 and a half points last season. Shot 45% from the field. Only shot 34% from three. But you've seen that from a couple of guys like Lonnie Walker. Very similar from what he shot from distance. Donovan Mitchell last year. Same kind of area from what he shot from beyond the arc. So maybe the three-point shot, you don't know. It looks fluid. I don't think anybody's having true questions about it. But again, not exactly a great percentage from him last year. And he did attempt quite a bit. He made one for every four attempts that he took. So again, four attempts he took in college last season, just in his only season uh, with the Kentucky Wildcats. Not a distributor, only one and a half assists per game. Not a great rebounder, just five rebounds for Kevin Knox in his one season at Kentucky. So you're looking at him offensively strictly as a bucket getter, really. Maybe uh, maybe develops the potential to play some good defense, uh, being a long guy. But one thing that we've talked about as much as anything, and it's something comparable to, to Miles Bridges, is that the alpha dog style just isn't there. And that is a, a skill that we've talked about. And how much how important is it for you 
to draft a prospect at number 11 overall who just doesn't have that killer instinct, who doesn't have that alpha dog mentality. You know, we've talked to Rick Bennell before on the wake-up call, and Rick Bennell mentioned that that was something John Calipari had tried to talk to Kevin Knox about, being more aggressive, taking control of the game. And what's funny is you saw that from Jay Gilgis-Alexander, somebody that I have grown to really like in this NBA draft that could possibly be there at 11. But Kevin Knox was a guy that you thought would be the number one go-to option, and Calipari had to discuss his lack of aggression, try to talk to him about being more aggressive, being more of that alpha dog, and it just simply wasn't there in him. And I think when you looked at Kevin Knox in the NCAA tournament games, um, when you looked at him in the regular season games for Kentucky, it was just somebody that didn't take over, grab the basketball, and, and just you know go inside and and slam it on somebody, just a little bit more of a, a passive dude. And, and hopefully, if he were to be that pick for the Hornets, you know he would change that. I just don't think you see that from him. But again, a guy that is fluid, he's an athlete, he's someone that was highly touted coming out of high school, I think has the ability ability to shoot. But again, it looks like, from at least what Steve Kyler says, take it for what it's worth, it looks like that's somebody that Mitch Kupchak and company just might be high enough on to select there if he's available and they like him over some of the other projected guys within that pool. So interesting enough, Steve Kyler is saying that the Charlotte Hornets, and the New York Knicks. So New York Knicks picking ahead of the Charlotte Hornets. But if the New York Knicks don't select them, possibly the Hornets could select Kevin Knox. But a lot of other options. Still quite a few days before the NBA draft. We're a couple of weeks out right now. If today is the 6th, the June 21st draft, just in a couple of weeks, really. So coming up soon, it's really interesting to see how fast this thing has sneaked up on us so far. So again, thanks for joining me today. Again, Doug Branson, not Edwards, will be back with you on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll talk to you again on Friday. Thanks again for listening.